Hello, this is Robert Carter from the Tech Doctor Podcast. In the podcast that you are about to hear, I mistakenly referred to Roger Bim's company as Adaptive Solutions. The correct name for Roger's company is Adaptive Information Systems Incorporated. I apologize to Roger and everyone for this error. Roger is a humanware dealer from whom I have purchased Braille displays and have had excellent customer service. Thank you, Roger, for loaning me a brilliant BI-40X, which is discussed in this podcast. Enjoy the show. Well, hello, everyone. Here we are with another Tech Doctor podcast. Welcome to this one. We're going to talk even more about Braille, comparing a few more Braille displays. And along with me, as always, is Allison, one of the famous tech doctors. How are you this evening? I am doing just great. I always love talking about Braille, so this is exciting. All right. And all the way from Australia, Dr. Woodbridge. How are you, sir? I'm very well, actually. I'm sitting here. It's uh, evening you folks' time, and it's morning my time. So it's a, a lovely sunny day outside, 20 degrees, not Fahrenheit, but Celsius, and a nice breeze blowing. So start to a nice day. Lovely Friday for you, huh? Mm, it is. All right. Very good. Well, thank you all for making time to do this one this evening. I'm hoping that we can just bounce around some similarities and differences between some hybrid uh, Braille displays. They're, they're, we're going to be talking about uh, ones with 40 cells, and they all cost close to around the same thing. I don't know how much in Australia, in the U.S. The, these are around $3,000, I believe, with the Mantis being a, a little bit less than that. And I'm assuming more than that in Australian yeah, it's it's not it's just stick another thousand dollars on roughly, and you're All about right. right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So cost wise, they're not where, of course, the Orbit Reader Forty is, which is one that we'll also be talking about, which is about half that cost. They've still come down quite a bit for a forty cell uh, display compared to compared to what they were a few years ago. And so that's good news. However, they're not the note takers that we've talked about in the past. I sort of think of them as kind of more hybrid displays. And we talked about that quite a bit with uh, Vankatesh from Orbit Research about how uh, these displays do ask the uh, device that you connect them to, if you connect them to one, connect them to a device to do the heavy lifting. If you want to do email or web browsing things like that, but they also have some features built in to them. And and some of them are, are pretty unique. I mean, if we, you know, if, if we think about keyboards for a second, the, the Mantis, as I understand it, which is the only one I, I have not had experience with, uh, has a QWERTY keyboard, which is really great for for some people. And I think, isn't that the, the one that, that you now have, Allison? It is. And I have to say, I am so spoiled by being able to input in QWERTY and read in Braille. And I've used it to put together notes 
for presentations, to do stuff for church. It's just, it's magical. I I love Mantis. And are you good with the QWERTY uh, keyboard in terms of getting, you know, the kind of Braille that you want out of it without using a Braille keyboard? Yes, because the nice thing about the Mantis, the Mantis's editor is whatever you type, it still displays in in UEB. So I've not had a problem with getting the Braille I want out of it. And it's just, it's so nice. <laughs> Excellent. And of course, I believe you you can, if you wanted to, use the home row keys as a Braille keyboard for, for Braille you, keyboard input. You can. You can. Uh-huh. Yeah. How about you, David? Just, you know, while we're, while we're on the mantis i know you podcasted about it did you have a um a positive experience with it i'm much more of a braille reader and not a braille writer i actually hate writing in braille i don't know why um i just think oh god all this effort you know multiple fingers just to perform one or just to do one character it's my laziness coming out um although weirdly i don't mind brailing on a touch screen with you know voiceover on ios on the iphone but when it comes to using, you know, the old Perkins or the Mountbatten um, or, other, or other devices, even my Q Braille um, that's got a, you know, Braille input keyboard on it, I don't, I don't know what. I just feel like I'm doing a lot more effort than what I do on the QWERTY keyboard. So, uh, to me, the the Mantis was a perfect selection of, you know, QWERTY keyboard input because of the typist or a faster typist, your Braille display, and the fact that you've literally got the keyboard on top of, as it were, the Braille mm-hmm. display. So everything's nice and sort of ergonomically there because what I still do with my Braille today is that it's basically front of my MacBook, so it's next to it. So every time I want to read it in Braille, you can have one hand on the Braille display or they both hands go backwards and forwards. So from a, an efficiency point of view, having the Braille display as part of the actual system I'm a bit older than you are, David, but, you know, I, I'm kind of the opposite, honestly. All my uh, elementary school and, and really through high school, I banged everything out that I did on a Perkins Brailler. So when I use a Braille device, I like having a Braille keyboard, but I, I suspect that that is somewhat age-related or obviously totally preference Related, But that's so interesting to hear you all say how much you enjoy that QWERTY uh, keyboard on the Mantis. I think because we were pushed into, because I, I was, when I went through sort of higher high school here in Australia, I think there was that push in the late 80s here um, in the early, in the mid 70s to say, well, look, you know, if you want to be really in mainstream, you've got to start using what everybody else is using. Yeah, I had the same experience. I started learning to type on a keyboard the same time that I started to learn Braille. So when I was about five years old, so I grew up doing both. Now at that time it was mainly Perkins Braille writer input, which was clunky and loud. And I think why I gravitated initially towards keyboard was that I didn't stand out so much and I wasn't you know, clunking along while all my friends were writing on their on their papers, their notebooks. Well, you, you're making a great point. I'm amazed, honestly, that 
students tolerated my very loud Perkins Brailler in the classroom. <laughs> I, I was uh, in, in a mainstream classroom, the only person in there making that kind of noise, and, and no one ever complained about it. But I don't think that would be the case today. You know, if you've got a, I don't know, a Braille note touch or you've got a Q Braille, a Braille sensor, Polaris, one of the new voice sensors, all that sort of stuff. I mean, you can hardly hear those keys being pressed anyway. Yeah. So, you know, from that point of view, you don't have the old, you know, knee bashing, clack, clack, clack of the Perkins going on. Um, so I think that's that's a lot better with classroom situations these days as well if you are using Braille input. Yeah, how quiet is that keyboard on the Mantis? I would say it's no louder than a standard laptop keyboard. I find it to be pretty quiet. Okay. It would be about like using a laptop in a classroom situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which everybody's doing now anyway. Yeah, believe it or not, that that's a big change that's happened in the Yeah. Since since I was a boy back in school, we didn't do that back then. <laughs> The applications that are on the Mantis, like the the note taker function, you know, the the editor, the calculator, and that sort of stuff. I mean, they're there to be sort of like almost like mini apps just to get you out of trouble. You don't need to link up to a main computer. So all the sort of the Bluetooth 5 stuff and all the other stuff that they go on about is – it's not that important anymore because it's really not the function of the note taker to do all the stuff you need more memory for. But but don't you think that that the the Bluetooth five is potentially important because you need that to connect to your phone or your tablet to to do the heavy lifting for you and you need the best connection to, to that de- device that you can get. Pretty sure it does have Bluetooth five, and I'm yeah. pretty sure it's a it's a newer iteration mm. of Wi Fi. I don't know if it's like the AC mm. or AD, but. I don't think it's like super old profiles. Well, I mean, part of the part of the point, I guess, is that it mm. it apparently works quite well, and it you does. don't you haven't had to worry about which version of Bluetooth it is or which exactly which no. Wi-Fi it has. Apparently, you've just had a pretty good experience with it, right? Nor in my case, storage space, and I and I have to admit that I do use it at this point as more of a Braille note taker type device, at least for the things I'm doing right now. Um, and I don't even really think about, oh, am I running out of storage? Because no. it's text files and they're tiny. So yeah. <laughs> so is that what you're able to create on the Mantis is text files? Yes, it will open any number of file types. But if you edit it and save it, it will then save as a text file. Okay. I think that's pretty much the way all of them work. So, so mm-hmm. uh, and when you say open, I assume it'll open Word files and BRF, um, BRF, many others that are escaping in, in, me, right including now. PDF or, or no. I believe yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, that that that's a good thing. So you know, it sounds like um, it's it's pretty on par with with the new uh, humanware display, which. I'm going to be talking more about in a minute. Um, it, it also, uh, it, it has some internal storage, which uh, a couple of them don't have. The, the couple of them, the the Q-Braille from Hims and the Orbit Reader 40 use their SD cards mm-hmm. as their only storage. They don't have any internal storage uh, on board. So, I mean, that that is one advantage. It sounds like you haven't even 
needed to put an SD card in in your Mantis. Not yet. Okay, so so there's enough room to store whatever you have needed to store so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, although Robert, there's one disadvantage of the Mantis, which has always irritated me with it, is the fact that you've got to go through the menu systems to change your device. Yes, um, and because I use, you know, I had originally linked up to my my iPhone, my iPad, my MacBook, and my Surface Pro, um, and just to I mean, it's only, it, it only takes a couple of seconds, I know, but when you keep adding those, those seconds up after a period of a day, whereas, you know, with my Q-Braille, I can do a shortcut key to quickly change with the the other devices that I've used, I can also do shortcuts. So that's mm-hmm. the only thing I wished with the Mantis that, you know, they were really going on about, or they, they still are going on about the fact that it's very productive and it's great for the workplace, but I just think, that's one of the things I would have loved to see in a future software update is that short keyboard fast switching between your Bluetooth and your USB connection. That would be amazing. And I'd also like, I know that the the Brilliance for some time, at least some of the models, have had the ability to sync um, notes between iCloud or Outlook or both. And that would be pretty sweet as well, especially in a work setting. Yeah, that's the, the Brilliant. Uh, bi 14 the the tiny one that has that mm-hmm. syncing capability i have one of those and that, that works well enough certainly with gmail i've had less um success getting it to work well with with icloud mm, okay. that's a nice little display if you need something that you can uh, slap into a bag or, or a purse and, and just have handy. But uh, 14 cells is not a whole lot of Braille. No, no. I thought, I thought at one point when I was a, when I was a poor graduate student that, that 14 cells would just be ideal for me as a student. And I find by, found myself going for 40 cells yeah. pretty quickly. <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting that, that these displays have kind of standardized the, the, the current ones on 40 when the research that I've seen suggests that most people think the ideal size is 32. No, I like 40. You prefer 40. <laughs> because it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a full line of text that, uh-huh. that you get. So, and do, do you find that you experience much fatigue in your hands, wrist, arms with the 40? I mean, some, some people feel like it's, it's almost too long. No, I used to experience fatigue because I'm very short. I used to experience that with 80 cells. <laughs> For sure. But yeah, but no, 40 has been great. Yeah. Yes. I, 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 80 cells to me was like almost trying to use a surfboard or something. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was feel like you could something you know, something that you would pick and you know do a bat you know batting practice or something with. Yeah, <laughs> that were that were huge. But yeah, I mean, look, I, I can I can easily take forty or or thirty two. I mean, I think my Q Braille's thirty two. I think I can't remember now. But um, but your Q Braille is forty. Is it forty? Yeah, is it? Oh, yeah. Yes. Congratulations! You got Hang eight on. more. You got Hang eight on. more cells than you thought. Hang on. Hang, on. <laughs> Hang on, I've got it in front of me. Hang on, one, two, three. Oh, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> okay, well, it's forty then. All right. So, well, but yeah, look, I mean, thirty-two to forty. I mean, that's probably why I haven't worried about thirty-two cells, Robert, because obviously my forty-cell Q-Braille works very nicely. Yeah, there it's interesting that the new <laughs> the, the new Braille Note Six, which is coming out in June, is thirty-two, same as the. 
Polaris, but the, mm-hmm. but the Q-Braille is 40. So, you know, that, that is an interesting thing about these devices. All, all the ones, with the exception of the Orbit Reader 40, are using the, the old-style, traditional piezoelectric cells, which is one of the reasons that they're as expensive as they are. Mm-hmm. And, and they do make very nice Braille. But I do have to tell you that when I started using uh, the new uh, Brilliant uh, BIX40, which I've been using for the last week or so, I, I, coming straight off of the Orbit Reader 40, uh, for a few minutes I was like, wow, this this Braille is kind of disappointing. Even though the, it, the, the, the machine itself, the Braille cells, the display is perfectly fine. There's absolutely nothing mm-hmm. wrong with it. There's just a real difference between the sharpness of that 40-cell orbit display versus these piezoelectric cells on all these other displays. And they're fine, um, they're, but nothing bad about them. But the, the orbit is amazing in its, in its clarity. I love the orbit braille. That would be, that's the one thing that keeps me, you know, kind of interested in it um, as it continues to evolve is just the the wonderful quality of that braille. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, you know, the, the, the downside as we've talked before is that there's a, there's a bit of noise that mm-hmm. the orbit, uh, braille makes, but on the, on the other side, the clarity and sharpness of it compensates in my mind a little bit for the noise and it's, it's way better on power consumption than, mm-hmm. than, than these other, than these other devices. But, but the orbit, unlike the others, while we're trying to compare and contrast a little bit, it does not have any, well, the two, the orbit rail nor the cube rail has any Wi-Fi capability. Um, they both have Bluetooth, the cube rail, very old version of Bluetooth, the orbit reader, uh, 40, a modern version of Bluetooth. Um, but, but, you know, it, it, uh, the, the idea of putting Wi-Fi on these hybrid displays is fairly new and, and I'm assuming, but you tell me if I'm wrong, cause I really don't know the Wi-Fi for the Mantis, I assume is used to connect to certain online services and maybe also used to do updates on the device. That's correct. Yeah. You can use it to connect to a service like Bookshare and yes, it is used for, for online updates, although you can um, also still update from a thumb drive if you'd like. Okay, so you can download the update and, and do it that way if you want. Mm-hmm. I mean, download it onto your thumb drive. Thumb drive, yeah. Uh-huh. If, you're, if you're somewhere where, you don't, where you're going to update where you don't have reliable Wi-Fi or something. Have you tried doing an online update? I've done both. I did an online update when I got it, and it worked great. And then for some reason with the latest firmware update that came out, I kept getting this weird error message. And so I just downloaded the uh, the firmware onto a thumb drive and updated it that way, and it worked beautifully. Yeah, that's sometimes a problem. You know, it's interesting. These online uh, uh, systems, not, not, not necessarily even just updating, but connecting to things like Bookshare and, and, and uh, NLS Bard, and NFB Newsline, which are the three right now that the humanware display will connect to. 
have to have at times um, been a bit problematic um, for for these type devices. But I I have found the the Wi-Fi on the the, the new Brilliant uh, BIX40 to be very very solid. It, it uses it'll connect either to the the 2.4 the five gigahertz Wi-Fi. It'll grab whichever one it you show it and. Um, and I've connected it once to my Wi-Fi when I first took it out of the box and have not had to touch that connection since then. And every morning when I turn it on, it goes out and automatically in the background updates uh, NFB Newsline, uh, downloads all the, the daily newspapers and so forth. Nice. So it's really nice to have very reliable Wi-Fi on a display like that. David, does the Mantis um, connect to any of the online services in Australia? Uh, that's what we're waiting for. So hopefully soon. I mean, the Vision Australia Library in Australia, we're also part of the Bookshare network as well. So I'm, I'm assuming I haven't tried it, but I'm assuming if, you've, if you're our Vision Australia membership is the same one that, that we use for Bookshare, then because the Mantis supports Bookshare, at least that way you'll still be able to use your Bookshare login as well. So... But no, that's what I'm waiting for when Vision Australia Library, because like you, when when you get your newspapers, that's exactly what happens with Vision Australia. You, you, you know, should be able to log in in the background and grab your newspapers or your books or magazines for the day, and you just come back to your machine, and there it is, all wait, waiting for you. Yeah, and so that that's one thing that that Humanware um, is working on too. It is adding more worldwide libraries to to these new displays. So I ho- hope that happens really soon. Let's talk for um, a moment about the kind of the, the, the first one in this series that came out a couple of years ago from HIMSS, the Q-Braille, because it's an interesting, odd one in terms of its keyboard. It has a a, a braille keyboard for for entry, but it has the QWERTY function keys and the other QWERTY six-pack type keys, arrow keys, home in, page up, page down, those keys on it as well so that theoretically you can use it as sort of a hybrid. You can have your keyboard part paired as a Bluetooth keyboard and the braille part paired as a braille device and even though it's a little bit odd to set it up once you get both of them paired it at least in my experience actually works pretty well is that your experience also david of of the q braille it ended up getting a little bit confusing for me after a while because i have because i test a lot of different braille displays I started to lose all the different commands for the different functions. So I just thought, you know what, at the end of the day, I'm just going to use the QBrow for two things. I'm going to use it as a Braille display on my Mac and my iPhone um, because what I really do like about it is that keyboard switching. It's very fast to switch between different devices. What do you mean you started losing function? You mean you, mean you, you it start, started, uh, the device itself started malfunctioning? or no, 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 no. It was just me thinking now, you know, so I want to do this function. So is that my, is that my F1 to F6 keys? Yeah. Or is that my F7 to whatever else keys? And right. Then, 
sometimes I'd forget the command to, you know, change the pairing mode between different devices. Yeah, that is a challenge with these devices. If you use more than one of them, they're not standardized. I mean, there yeah. are some commands that are standard, but there are a lot of differences in how they do things like switching Bluetooth devices and USB and all that. And and the Q-Braille is, is ca- quite capable, but there's a, there are a lot of commands to remember. Exactly. You know, it's also interesting about the, the Q-Braille is that it can be set up in its option settings to either behave as a Windows keyboard or to behave as a Mac keyboard. So your your alt key changes to command and so forth when you switch the two. And that's really great. Um, it, it, when you connect to a Mac, you can have your, your Mac-like keyboard. But the the downside for that is if you want to use the Q-Braille in standalone mode and use its built-in notepad to take notes, things like that, you have to make sure to switch back to the Windows-style mm-hmm. keyboard or none of the editing functions, like it uses Alt-C um, to, to, to delete a character, things like that. None of those functions work on the Mac if, if it's, think it's, it's a Mac keyboard. So just there are little things you have to know. Mm-hmm. I guess that's true to some degree for all of them, but it's certainly with the Q-Braille especially, I've found that, that it's a really great device, but you better study that manual. Yeah. yeah the other thing that I, I – and I don't know, maybe Candice is on the Mantis, but I know with the Q-Braille, I can't hold down the down arrow key on the, the Q-Braille if I'm on my Mac and just you know zip through a file. I've just got to keep pressing down, down, down every single time. I can't do that sort of like down arrow and then, you know, fly past 30 lines of, of text or something. So, yeah. And the other thing with the Mantis, um, if I try and remap the keys for the Mantis, it, it doesn't do it properly. So I end up with this weird thing on the, the Mac where we get sometimes on standard PC keyboards. And that's where you've got like a, you've got the control key, the function key, and then the command key. Yep. Um, and it's like, no. So, I mean, I know for that I can just – because the problem is – and I haven't tried this for a while, Alison, but for some reason on the Mantis, I could never use the caps lock key as the alternative voiceover key. It just, it just Oh, okay. Yeah, I never tried. Hmm. Um, so, I know I could do it the old way, but, yeah, I just thought, oh, it's just so close. Yeah. But, um, I mean, because I just thought, oh, well, I'll use the caps lock key, but it doesn't work. So I don't know if that's to do with the, if the, rem, the remapping stuff that goes on on the keyboard, but that was. Although I found that to be a problem on a couple of different keyboards that I've had over the years. Sometimes the caps lock will work as the alternative, and sometimes it won't. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Theoretically, though, you should be able to remap it. Are you talking about on the, on the, on the Mac side? Yes. Oh, well, well, I mean, you can't remap the caps lock key because the, I mean, I'm assuming that's just the caps lock key. But, yeah. Uh, so you can't remap the modifier key. So you can't do your, you know, you can't change that Windows key to the options key, for example. But the caps lock key, I, I mean, I've never tried to remap a caps lock key on a keyboard. So Yeah, I don't think you can. No. So that's the the drawbacks. So I just thought, you know, that there are a couple of things because I use a Mac and I only use really a surface pro with windows with 
NVIDIA and JAWS for testing. Um, you know, people say, oh, look, it's only, it's only the Mac, don't worry about it. It's like, well, I have to worry about it because it's my primary machine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do see the, the, the cube rail as a viable option just just as the mantis if you want a device that either has a full qwerty keyboard or if you want this sort of hybrid partial qwerty plus braille input i think it's reasonable to take a look at at both of these devices because they do offer kind of a unique situation and and it might be just a thing for a lot of people, David is right uh, again. Um, w- w- certainly, with with the Q Braille, there is uh, it's, it's flexible and it's powerful, and there there are a lot of commands to remember. If it's your only Braille device, you'll probably get it down pretty quickly. Yeah, and that's the thing I always say to people: is the if you just use this device all the time, of course, it's going to be just you know, it's going to be not quite normal to you. But you know, I've got in front of me most of the time, you know, when I was testing the Mantis, I had the Mantis, I had the brilliant BI-14 because I had to do something for work. I had my Orbit Reader 20. I had my Braille Sense U2. I had my Q Braille. And it's like, oh, my God, it's, my brain just gets, like, kerfuffled because I sometimes think, oh my God, can't I just standardize and all this stuff? It'd be so much easier. Well, you know, and, and also a thing that varies from these different displays is the extent to which they have onboard help or some way to help you help remind you of commands when you need them. And one of the things that I found really outstanding about the new Brilliant uh, 40 cell is that for almost everything you want to do on the unit, there is a context menu. And when you bring up that context menu, it has all the commands that are possible in that particular program that you're using at the moment, as well as the shortcut keys for those commands. So this context menu, if you're trying to learn the device, is really great. But the other, uh, the the Braille does have a help function that you can bring up that that lists commands, but it's more of a general uh, command list. I didn't find it as useful as the context menu is for for the humanware brilliant. And I do have to say that honestly, humanware the humanware interface, which is they're they're kind of calling this Keysoft Lite um, because it's not the full Keysoft that they're that they put on their note taker and everyone who's been around a while has at least some familiarity with Keysoft, but, but the Keysoft light, which has just sort of a notepad kind of editor, it does have a, a, a four function calculator. It has a, a Victor reader application, which is where you open your books and so forth. Uh, you know, uh, it, and it has the online options that we talked about those items um, under this Keysoft light umbrella work really well. It, it, it's a nice user interface. It's it's not complicated. It's not cluttered. It's easy to understand and, and pretty easy to learn. I hadn't really messed with Keysoft for quite a while because it's been a while since I've owned a, a, a humanware 
device other than the than the bi14 which is a different different interface altogether but 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 these these uh these learning curve isn't too bad with these new uh, brilliant devices and i mean it sounds like honestly you know the learning curve maybe is is the steepest perhaps with, with the q braille in some ways the learning curve it can be a little bit steep with the orbit reader if you don't if you're not familiar with it but but if you know the orbit reader 20 uh, the 40 is almost the same interface but it's there'd be a little bit of learning there because they it they handle editing a little differently than the other displays do but but you know maybe the the mantis it sounds like allison honestly th- th- there wasn't a huge learning curve there either so it sounds like that one's pretty easy to learn yeah cuz you're doing a lot of just standard you know windows qwerty commands for mm-hmm. a lot of what you would do say in the in the editor yeah and and the the, the, the nice thing about the mantis too is being like the humanware interface it's all menu driven so if you yes. don't want to remember commands you can really just concentrate on the menu. I mean, you, mm-hmm. don't, you really don't have to think too much. And everything's laid out logically. The context menu gives you some good information. It's just a, a nice – it's probably one of the most easiest Braille display hybrid systems to use. I mean, the Braille really, when you – I mean, yes, you can use its menu to go through the applications and the options. But when you start using it in its connective mode and everything else, that's where the – the learning curve jumps up dramatically, but I just found with the Mantis to connect into device to just using it, turning it on and off. It was just one of those devices that you could just sit back, relax, and the technology didn't get in the way of you doing what you needed to do. Whereas I feel with the Cubrail, you really didn't have to put a fair bit of work in. But like you said, Robert, if, if it's your main device, then you're more likely to remember that sort of little extra commands that you have to remember for switching. Um, so, But the Mantis, I just love can, can I ask a quick question about the Orbit Reader 40? Because is it a hybrid? I know we're jumping forward a bit, but is it a hybrid display that has applications now in it? It has the, the same applications that the Orbit Reader 20 Plus has, which is a clock calculator, uh, calendar, um a text editor the, those kinds of applications are, are basically what it has is that the kind of thing you're asking yes i was there is quite a bit you can do in standalone mode now you know it, it, you can only save um your files as brf are text files and you can only open uh brf are text files and have them uh, properly translated or back translated on the orbit reader 40 you know it won't open word files or or pdfs or things like that so it's a bit more limited in that sense the other thing that i just remembered about the mantis and the chameleon which is the the 20 cell version which i think aph has also rebadged it called the is it called the trailblazer or something um but oh, I yeah, the braille, the braille trail that's the yeah. way the Braille trail. That's it. There was some sort of carish type name. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll just I'll just go in. I'm going to go into the woods and drive my Braille display. Um, so, so four wheel, four wheel drive. Four wheel drive. That's it. No, no, you don't need six dots anymore. You only need four wheels. Yeah. Um, so with that, with that one, I've noticed they've got a, in particular with the Chameleon, there's actually a um, a 3.5 mil headphone jack in it. So. 
they were saying at one stage that yes, both systems have got the capability of producing sound. Uh, so beyond basically beeps, uh, what they're going to look at maybe later on in the future is doing some sort of software that's also a talking system in its own right. Um, so it won't just be Brian. I think that's an interesting little quirky thing to think about too. I've heard that too, although I have not found, I haven't really looked very hard because you can't do anything with it right now for the 3.5 mil jack on the Mantis. No, so you, you said that was true for the Chameleon, but that's also true for the Mantis. It potentially... Well, I think on the, yeah, although I think on the Mantis, I don't think it's got a, it may have a headphone jack, but there was one of the things, it was either a speaker or something on the Chameleon, which you thought, well, why is there a speaker here for when it's not used? Yeah, I remember reading that now that I think about mm. it. Yeah. Yeah. So that was quite obvious. So, and I think the the BX uh, ones from Himmelware, Robert, do they have a, a headphone jack or a speaker as well? Yes. the The forty cell version has two stereo speakers and a microphone and a headphone jack. The mm. twenty cell version has just a mono speaker and no microphone uh, uh so the hardware is a little different between the 20 and the 40 the, the 20 yeah. cell version has an sd card slot the 40 does not the 20 only has 16 gigs of storage the 40 has 32 gigs um so so you know they're not uh quite they're, they're right now at this moment they're both running the same firmware so that so so the way they operate is exactly the same, but that's going to have to diverge a bit as time goes on because the forty has some capabilities, especially audio capabilities that the twenty doesn't have with with the microphone and the stereo speakers and so forth. But the Orbit Reader forty also has audio capabilities, uh, much the same as the, the Humanware devices. But neither company at this point has decided exactly what they're going to do with that audio. Are they going to make their devices just play audio files like, you know, MP3s, books, things like that? Are they going to add TTSs to them and have them also speak, you know, information from text files and so forth? No one quite knows where they're going to go with it yet. Yeah, it's going to be be interesting because, uh, I mean, my favorite device has always been, I still wish it was around today, was the Braille and Speak, which was only a Braille input one until they brought out the, the Braille light. But that Braille and Speak's always always been my favourite device. I could quite easily even use that device today. It was just a basically a plain text editor on my... So I think it's going to be interesting once they combine some sort of speech input into these newer devices. It's going to be fascinating where they come, particularly if you can do things like <clears throat> contact your your library and be able to not only read your BRF files on your your smart braille display, but you'll also read or listen to at least your audio narrated uh, novels and newspapers as well. Yeah. Yes. So, so it, it, Braille and Speak idea sounds like you would like a, a TTS. Absolutely. Because what, what I loved about the, uh, and to some extent, what I like about the Orbit Reader 20, it's a fast machine to take notes. You, you flick it on, you take notes, you turn it off, you keep going. And that's what I always liked about the Braille and Speak. It was very, very fast. It didn't pretend to do anything else besides being a very basic note taker back in those days. Um, 
and it would still even perform a purpose today. I, I just like the fact, you know, it's just nice and quick. And that's what I liked about, I mean, for, for me, the Mantis 40, to some extent, is more of a desktop device. It's not really designed to be humongously portable. I mean, I can imagine using it on a plane or a train, but it's not something that I could quick, I could think about thinking, oh, I'm just going to take that note, particularly if I didn't have it on the table, I'd be more likely to reach for my, you know, Orbit 20 or my other braille displays than the, the Mantis if I have one, because it's just... It's it it is larger. I yeah. did think I was going to use it for more everyday note-taking, but mm. I would find that I would reach for either my phone if I wasn't already on it or like a Victor Reader Trek or something to mm. quickly capture something. Exactly. Yep. So it, it I, I haven't seen one. So I, I gather because of the QWERTY keyboard, it's that makes it larger than than the other devices. It does. Imagine about. Well, it's thicker because I have it in a nice case now. It's it's a little bit thicker than the new Mac. Like when it's closed, I would say it's still thicker than that. That having been said, it's still very thin feeling and nice. Um, and just imagine, you know, the full, um, the full area of a laptop keyboard um, with a braille display just kind of plonked on the front of it. Yeah, so it makes it just a little bit larger. And like I say, I, I, it came with a bumper case. I have it in a nice executive products leather case, so I can throw it over my shoulder and go, but I could see that when I have like, when I'm traveling more and have a purse and a dog and a Braille display, you know, it can, it's going to get a little cumbersome <laughs> yeah. pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'll have to put it in a backpack. So it's it certainly, I mean, you think of it, it sort of, sort of the, macbook pro kind of size ish it's certainly you certainly can carry it around oh yes you absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. can it's not heavy but it's not you know the, these other braille devices um the, the are, are all reasonably close to the same size the mm-hmm. the the, the cube braille is is a little bit larger than the human wear uh, BIX 40, just because it has all the, the, the QWERTY function keys on it. So it's, it's, it's a little bit bigger from front to back because of all those keys. But, but these 40 cell displays are, including the Orbit Reader 40, are a very nice size. I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're like, sort of like a long, uh, book, uh, pr- print book, if you will, but longer because of the, the length of the display. But they're very easy to pick up and carry around, very portable. I was impressed with how all of them are sleek and sturdily built. You know, the the the, the plastic that they're made of is 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 nice for for what it is. I, I I'm glad to see they have the the keys, the 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 the, the body of them well constructed in in my opinion you know which which it you want if you if you're gonna put that kind of money into a device i do want to um give give a just a quick uh thank you and shout out to roger bim of adaptive solutions of uh wisconsin who graciously loaned me this uh brilliant uh bix 40 to 
review for the podcast and, and to talk about and to, to get to know a little bit. So uh, thank you f- for that, Roger. I, I, I am very impressed with it, impressed enough with it that I'm going to buy one when, when, they, when they get them back in stock because I really like the idea of having these online services available right on uh, the machine, certainly with the other devices that don't have connectivity like the Orbit Reader 40 or the Q-Braille. You can pop a, a book onto the SD card and, and open them up on the machine with, without much of a problem, but it's not nearly as sweet, in my opinion, as ha- turning the device on having it automatically download your your newspapers for you or being able to go to Bookshare and search for a book and just download it right there. And 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 the the humanware, uh, new new brilliant, it's very quick. Obviously, these these Daisy files from Bookshare are small, um, and BRF files are small, and of course the files from NFB Newsline are are, are just small. But point being, um, they download them very fast, so there's no there's no waiting for them. There's there's no delay. Um, the, the book's right there when just a moment after you press the, the, the download key. So, I mean, I think that this direction that they're going in, all these devices that we've talked about, honestly, is pretty impressive. I hope we haven't driven our audience absolutely nuts jumping back and forth <laughs> between, <laughs> between all these devices. People can tell us whether they like this hodgepodge discussion or not, but I didn't know any other real way to do this. Well, I'm just real as always real excited for the future of braille and what what these displays are becoming and what they will be in the future because it's no secret that i think these hybrid displays are the future and that and that traditional note takers are going away fast even to me robert using them like the way i use them for the online books i mean I'm, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm getting more and more the fact that I just don't want anything. All I want my braille display to do is the functionality is, and I mentioned the stopwatch and for you, it's the online books and, but the rest for me, it's, it's just a, a, almost like a a straight braille display using it with my smartphone or on my, on my Mac. So, um, but yeah, I just, I mean, the, the problem, I guess, with the, the software on these devices too is that they, and it won't happen so much with the hybrid ones, but the software just dates or seems to date too fast with the operating system. So I think one of the good things about the hybrids is that it's not that important that the software, you know, out of dates too fast. Yeah, I mean, um, it's so interesting, you know, when you think about it, the, the Q-Braille is running Windows CE version six mm. as its operating mm-hmm. system that the humanware yep. displays the brilliance are running linux and mm-hmm. the orbit reader 40 is running its own operating system that, that orbit research developed and mm-hmm. so th- there is much less there to worry about than there is yep. if you're if your note taking device is running Android that's already two or three versions behind by the time that the device comes out. And, and of course, I understand why that is the case and I understand why they're, they're terrified to update the Android version because they've done so much work to customize their, their product to make it work with Android. But I agree with you, David. I don't think that's ultimately going to ever be uh, an alternative for me, at least, where I, my my note taker 
web browser is never going to be as efficient as the web browser on my phone because oh, no. th- th- they simply can't keep up. Yeah. There are a, a couple unique things that I wanted to mention uh, before we stop about the, the BI40X that I haven't seen on other displays. Um, w- one of them is that the, and I'm not sure exactly how Humanware pulled this off. It may be uh, because they're using the the HID Braille protocol on these displays, which right now only Apple is supporting. Uh, Jaws and the other screen readers aren't supporting HID Braille at this point, which is which the, I really hope they do sooner than later. Uh, because it makes a nicer interface. So with with the, with the Brilliant, you don't need to pair the display anymore through the voiceover pairing for Braille devices. You can simply pair it through Bluetooth the way you would pair a Bluetooth keyboard. And so that makes the connectivity e- easier and more straightforward to accomplish. And the second thing that they've done, wh- which is really nice, is that you can wake up your iOS device from the Braille display itself and and then you can simply type in your 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 passcode to unlock your phone or whatever so you can leave your phone or you know in your pocket or your purse or whatever and you can get into it just from the Braille display. And I, I don't believe any of the other displays at this point are, are capable of doing that. I actually don't trust VoiceOver to do anything with my Braille display properly because <laughs> I, a few times it like it loses connectivity or VoiceOver decides that there's no Braille display there. Mm-hmm. Oh. I, I, I still can't remember whether you're supposed to lock or unlock stuff before you turn yeah. on your Braille display sometimes. And so I just assume that most of the time now my VoiceOver will decide that there's no Braille display. So I'm just going to go into the Braille again and just reconnect it manually. But I mean, if that works reliably, Robert, then that's actually a really good feature. Well, I think I can't wait until you get your hands on one of these uh, uh, brilliant um, displays to do testing because I've found the Bluetooth to be very reliable and the Wi-Fi to be very reliable. And they're, they're touting, of course, well, we're using Bluetooth 5. So, of course, it's going to be more reliable. But that'll be an interesting question to see. Do you find your voiceover experience with those displays and Bluetooth a, a lot more satisfying? Oddly, I'm doing a webinar on Braille in about two weeks' time. And I'm actually going to have a Mantis and a Brilliant BX, I think, at 20 or 40 for the webinar. So that's one of the things I'm going to be trying out on my iPhone to see if it it doesn't make any difference what I do with voiceover on the browser on the iOS device. It'll keep it'll keep reconnect, reconnecting because as far as at the moment, with the Orbit Reader 20, the Q Braille and my U2 Braille Sense, it always has the same issues with reconnecting yeah. properly. Yeah, yeah. And and I, I really do think it's uh, at least in part a Bluetooth issue. So See what you think. I can't wait to talk to you on the next podcast after you've done that 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 uh, Braille seminar and see what what your experience has been like. Yeah. No, you definitely hear about it. And if it, if if it if it doesn't work properly, I'll be winning on Twitter anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and and you can say Robert said this worked, but it it that's you know, it. it really doesn't. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Let me show you. Yeah. That's it exactly. I'm like Allison. I'm I'm really excited about 
the future. I think these these devices, it's so cool that you have all these choices right now. You know, do you want a 20 cell? Do you want a 40 cell? Of course, the 20 cells are going to be a lot more kind to your wallet um, than, than the 40 cells are. But the 40 cells are so nice for reading. And I, I use my displays for reading almost exclusively everything, reading novels, reading newspapers, reading all kinds of stuff. And the 40 cells are very nice for that. It's also nice that all these displays will support the the auto scroll features where you don't have to pan, pan, pan. You can set them up to scroll the display at the speed you like to read at and just read away, you know, and it it really works quite well. And so I, I'm very excited about these new humanware displays because they really do offer what I'm looking for personally in, in a hybrid type display when you combine their, their, their fundamental uh, notepad or note, note entry features, which is mostly what I need most of the time. I don't need to create Word documents on my Braille display. Combine that with the online feature uh, of being able to easily download books and, and magazines and newspapers and all that stuff. It, it it's a win-win kind of deal. All right. Well, we will be back um, in a few days. Uh, time's going to fly with another yeah. podcast about the Apple event, which is at the time of this recording is going to take place next week. So we're going to be back to talk more about Apple. And then I think after that, I'm, I'm planning a, a, another uh, talk on uh, Braille displays a little more globally. Um, we're going to, we're going to have, uh, someone who's reviewed a ton of Braille displays for Apple Viz and other places. Um, Scott Devert, come on and, and talk with us oh, about Braille and, and, awesome. and especially about, uh, using Braille in the, in the deaf blind community. Well, thank you so much for all this information and knowledge. And thank you again, Roger Bim from Adaptive Solutions for, uh, helping me get educated on the new uh, brilliant displays, which I think Humanware really has done a very nicely designed product here. And I'm looking forward to seeing how it grows and advances in the future. Same with Orbit Research. I, I'm loving the Orbit Reader 40, and I'm still a, a, a real fan of the Q-Braille. Those, those are the ones that I use all the time. And, and we've seen Allison and David both speak uh, the praises of the mantis. So, wow, it, it's exciting to have all these choices. But I don't know any more to say about them right now. Maybe we'll have more to say later. So I'll just simply say this is Robert, one of the tech doctors, so long for now. And this is Allison, another one of the tech doctors, saying bye, everyone. I feel like I should quote uh, one of the Hitchhiker's Guide of Galaxy and say, so long and thanks for all the fish. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.